big episode this evening because we've hit double digits. That's right. We're on episode 10 of Believe in Betting LA. What an accomplishment, Chris. How do you feel? Uh, we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> All right. We moved on to episode 10, and that doesn't even count the previous, I think it was seven or eight episodes I did uh, with my old co-host, Darren Sai. Uh, we were talking about uh, you know mostly March Madness and the NBA playoffs as well. So uh, we're really into our teenage years, but We've hit double digits now, so uh, we're looking good. We're looking up here. Uh, this is, again, Believe in Betting LA. Uh, we joke around uh, far more than that, but usually we talk about betting uh, and through an LA lens. This is episode 10. Of course, I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, and I'm joined by Chris Lewert, my co-host. You can follow both of us on Twitter. smaxwell 713 is mine, and Lou Mandingo Rock for Chris. And, of course, you can follow Stag Capital at Stag Cap. We've both been doing really well so far, Chris, this preseason. Give us a little recap of week two, how it went for you and the boys at StatCap. So we have employed a teaser strategy the past two weeks of the preseason. Um, and most of that is a uh, kind of a result of just finding a, a couple books that, that have good odds on them. And preseason being what it is, we haven't seen a ton of action pushing games, kind of traditional lines or over-unders one way or the other. So we haven't found a lot of action there, which kind of led us to look look into this teaser strategy. And if I can do a tease for a teaser, uh, I think next week we're going to get on the world-famous Michael Hall of Stag Capital. He is the math and the brains behind our operation, and I think we'll bring him on to help explain how the strategy for teasers works, what we employ, what you want to look for, and how our listening audience might be able to kind of take advantage of the same thing that we're seeing um, these past couple weeks in the preseason. It's it's kind of a fun and different way to get your money there, and uh, I know my friends, and I'm sure yours, love a good parlay as much as the next guy. So nothing like uh, betting 10 things at once <laughs> and getting down to that last one to have a good sweat. But uh, yeah, definitely successful so far. Individual games haven't seen a lot of reason to get money down, but but the teasers and the exotics have been very good to us the past two weeks. Okay, let's let's move on. But before, I want to recap something you said. There. So if he's the brains of the operation, what does that make you? I mean, you're just the mouth? Uh... I'm not sure. We make the joke that I am the food and beverage manager. <laughs> you're, the, um, you're the orator? Yeah, I, uh, I speak uh, not well and not eloquently for the group. Um, I get lots of eye rolls uh, from them, but uh, I'm the only one. I always say brave enough, but I think what they're thinking is stupid enough to get in front of a microphone. So uh, that, is, that is the value add, really, that I bring, is that I'm willing to stand in front of the public and get the tomatoes thrown at me so they don't have to. Fair enough. All right. So teasers, right? That's very interesting. I, I love doing teasers with college football. That's my favorite time to tease. Um, but, you know, preseason, that's, that's not bad. Um, let's just give a brief recap of how last week went for the two local teams. Uh, the Rams lost 14-10 to to the Cowboys. The Chargers lost 17-19 to to the Saints. The Chargers were up 17-3 at the half before the Chargers uh, succumbed to the Saints in the second half with a 16 unanswered points. Both games, of course, went under. I know you took one of the overs last week. We continue to bet against the Rams. It continues to work. And the Ravens as well. The Ravens, are you know, they've won, I think, 14 straight preseason games now. Uh, if you're not betting them at this point, it's too late because the Eagles <laughs> have five extra points this week. It's the biggest spread, I think, of the entire week. Um, you know, last week was only three. I think the week before that was two and a half. 
I'm still probably going to take the Ravens. They're chalk at this point, but five is obviously much more expensive, especially in a game that you expect to be lower scoring. These unders are hitting like crazy. I mean, we got to continue doing that in, into week three as well, right? I think so. I mean, why not, right? It's it's preseason. There's no reason not to. Uh, might as well play the hot hand. And as what I've kind of learned here, I haven't paid as much attention in previous years as I have this year to preseason, but it, it reminds me a little bit of fantasy football and that it's it's a separate season. You've got, you know, the Rams did, what did we say? They trotted out maybe one starter, two starters last game. It's, it's basically a whole different game being played. And Ederson was the only, you know, player that we expect to play a role in the regular season to play at all on offense. I mean, you, you name it, they were not on the field in the, in the second preseason game against the Cowboys. When you get a situation where you've got basically two different seasons being played and the Rams not trotting anybody out there, who's going to be a regular player, it's it's a time to take advantage of things like that. Like you're got you're gonna get those same guys. They're gonna be playing hard as the Ravens have proved. John Harbaugh seems to really really care about racking up those preseason wins. Um, why not? Like the bookmakers are still gonna be playing the numbers, right? They're still gonna say, oh, this team is a favorite. This is the team that should be should be getting points. Shouldn't be getting points. But the guys out there playing for their jobs, right? They don't care. They're going to do the best they can. If they can score four touchdowns, they're going to score four touchdowns. I don't think there's anything such as taking your foot off the pedal when you're a third or fourth string guy fighting for a spot, right? They're still going to blitz. They're still going to try to score touchdowns. And if you're finding that you see a pattern in the way teams are playing, and I mean, Sam, you're you're basically bread and butter for this. Is you're you're seeing unders consistently hit. You're seeing a team like the Ravens win 14 freaking preseason games. Like you wouldn't. Th- I don't think you could win 14 preseason games if you put all your starters out there all the time and tried to win them. It's nuts. <laughs> it really is nuts. I mean, the, what the Ravens are doing is just actually special. It's almost a full season's worth of preseason games that they're winning. I mean, obviously, it's completely meaningless when we turn the page in, in early September. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really fun, and I love, I love betting on them. And, you know, this is a great time of year for me because I love taking unders across the board in all sports, uh, and unders hit at a tremendous rate so far uh, in the preseason. All right, we're going to move on and talk about this weekend's games for both the Rams and Chargers. But first, I want to talk about the Believe Podcast Network. Of course, that's where we are, and that's B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Betting LA. This is episode 10. You can find a lot of great podcasts at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Bill Williamson, he's a longtime NFL writer, personality, uh, has a Raiders podcast now. Did you see that, Chris? I love the Raiders podcast. I can't get enough of the Raiders. After after Gruden and Frank Caliendo, I just, uh, I'm just watching that stuff on I, repeat now. I still have not seen the third episode, if that's what you're talking about, with Hard Knocks. Oh, okay. I think it was yesterday, right? So uh, yeah. we're, we're recording this Wednesday, August 21st at 6.45 p.m. Um, and my fantasy draft was, was last weekend. One of my friends listened to the episode in which I teased, of course, <laughs> getting Justin Jackson in, in the 10th or 11th round. He teased me about it. Uh, I ended up getting him, so I put my money where my mouth is, uh, but I had to reach for him in the ninth round because a lot of people thought highly of him in that league. But it was a great weekend in Scottsdale, as it always is when you're drafting with your friends with fantasy football. Obviously, a lot of people will be drafting this weekend as well. You have some fun Vegas plans as well this weekend, right, Chris? Where are you heading? That's right. So uh, the Stag Capital Group is going out to Las Vegas and to the Westgate Superbook to do our what has become now an annual kind of sign up parade. Uh, we How go out there. How many years in a row is this? Yeah. Uh, so this will years in a row. I think it's only three, but I want to say we've signed up for the Super Contest like six times. I think this might be the either the sixth or the seventh. We did it for a couple years and then we stopped, and then we jumped back in it. And that's what I pat myself on the back for is when we won. In 2017, 2018, 
Uh, I'm not exactly so sure we would have signed up for Super Contest Gold had I not been out there for a business trip and texted the guys and said, hey, you know, I'm here in Vegas. Do we want to try this again? Uh, do we want to try the new Super Contest Gold, which was the first year they were offering it? Um, I'm not 100% sure we would have actually signed up had I not been out there. Uh, I'm sure Andrew and Mike are rolling their eyes right now and saying that's complete BS, but I feel strongly that way. Um, but it's not just super contests. There's another, you know, Golden Nugget has a contest. Will Hill has a college pick'em contest. There's there's a dozen of them out there. Uh, so we go out, we we sign up for all of them. We we do some betting. We hang out in the sports book and and uh, you know play some dark side craps and just and just enjoy ourselves. Well, that's a, that's a good story. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's you know it's a reunion of sorts which you're going to have with your longtime friends, which is what I had last weekend. And uh, you know those kind of moments are, are irreplaceable. So. Uh, I hope you have a great time. I hope you have a great super contest run this year. Which which year did you win it again? Does it, does uh, it help a little plug for you there? Yeah, it was uh, it was 2017-2018. So it was uh, the clock was turning to 2018. Um, we won uh, super contest gold inaugural year. That's the winner take all. I want to say there was like 60 entrants, something like that. Um, Five thousand dollars, as I recall, and um, it was kind of the funny thing about it was is you know we're in six or seven different contests and every week we're, we're putting our picks in and, and using the calculator as we do. And Mike is reporting what we're in. And I'm going to say like week, week nine, maybe uh, Mike reports back to us that we're basically out of the running. Um, not going to happen. Not going to, not going to win this year. We can basically Things ignore change it. in a hurry. Yep. And you know, we, he said, I'm still going to submit picks, but you know, you guys can kind of stop asking. There's no real reason to, to be involved in this. And then I think we went, you know, five and zero, four and one, five and zero, four and one, five and zero, and just rattled off like six, five or six weeks of of no more than one loss. And the next thing we know, Mike says, uh, "Guys, heads up, we're like in fourth place in uh, in the Super Contest Gold." And uh, that was that was kind of the turning point. We started paying attention, obviously, pretty closely then because we were in middle of the pack and the other stuff. Uh, in other contests we were in, and and yeah, history history took over. I, I will tell the story another time about the uh, Christmas miracle that took place late in the season with the Eagles and the Raiders. <laughs> but um, definitely one of those things that, uh, just like you said, just like getting together with your friends in Scottsdale, the the camaraderie of of knowing three people are on the edge of their seat, you know, every weekend as we got to late in the year was was special. Totally. All right. Well, I hope you have a great time, and uh, and again, a great run for the boys there at Stat Cap. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about preseason week number three. And, of course, this is the dress rehearsal. If we're going to see any starters in any game, it's going to be this one. Uh, we're going to see some offenses probably go until halftime. Maybe some even go to the second half. So we're actually going to see uh, some real football action. This is going to be as close as a preseason game can resemble to an actual regular season showcase. Broncos are coming to town. Of course, that's my childhood team. My mom is from Denver, uh, and my grandparents were longtime season ticket holders. Uh, they're going up against the Rams. The Rams are actually a favorite, Chris, in this one. They're point and a half favorites, and the over-under is at 37. Uh, you incorrectly took the over for the Rams <laughs> last week. They did not even come close. That one actually went down almost a full touchdown before it had closed. Broncos at Rams, the newly renovated Coliseum. Uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Have you seen any of the, the renderings of the photos of the new Coliseum? It looks really nice. Uh, I have seen renderings. I always like in those things where they just put random people that like they're kind of misshapen and a little too big. And, you know, by scale wise, like, hey, that person in the foreground is is apparently Godzilla. <laughs> 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 um, 
but yeah, it's uh, I you know having lived out here now for a little over ten years, uh, I've been impressed with kind of the job uh, they've done keeping the Coliseum up. That's a place that is, has been around for a while and could easily be run down, but they've they've put good money into it, and it, it's actually a very nice place to go watch a game. I like Coliseum. I, I wouldn't call it you know they needed the renovation for sure. Yeah, it's better yeah. than the Rose Bowl. It's closer to at least where I live here in Culver City. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to go see it. The Rams, of course, their last year is at the Coliseum this year before the new stadium opens in Inglewood next fall. But the Broncos coming to town on Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Rams are 0-2, of course, this preseason against the Raiders. Lost to the Raiders and the Cowboys. Only 13 combined points in those two games. The Broncos are also with a losing record. They played three games because they played, of course, the Hall of Fame game. They are 1-2 against the Falcons, Seahawks, and 49ers. The Broncos' only win came... Uh, in the final moment of that game, they caught a touchdown, I believe, about a, about a minute and a half uh, left in the game. So uh, this is a tough game to pick. You know, we've been very vocal about fading the Rams in the preseason. Uh, and there's good reason for that, as we mentioned. Only Daryl Henderson is really the only offensive role player to to even take the field in this entire game. Uh, but the Broncos are missing their back quarterback, Drew Locke. He's going to be injured. I don't think he's going to play. Noah Fant, uh, the rookie tight end, probably will not play as well. So the Broncos are a little bit shorthanded in offense um, any thoughts for this game here, preseason week three, Broncos at Rams? Yeah, is uh, Sean McVay actually going to play anybody? Uh, the dress rehearsal will, maybe as far as he'll go with his players, is they'll actually dress. Like Jared Goff will put on pads and, and maybe stretch, and then maybe they'll bench him. Um, I hope they dress in yeah, some capacity. They actually put pads <laughs> on. That that might be as far as he goes with it. Um you know, so I'm seeing, I think you had said one and a half. I'm seeing uh, one, minus 105 on the Broncos, minus 109 for the Rams. Money line, 103 Broncos, minus 118 Rams. Over 37, minus 108 on each side. Uh, again, I mentioned those because I'm, uh, I want to bet with value, right? So make sure you're beating those prices if you want to take it one way or the other. Personally, I'm going to go Broncos here. The one point doesn't really matter, but I just... You know, having watched the Rams now last week, having fallen flat on my face on that over, um, I just, even if the Rams actually play some players, I think McVay is going to be, you know, letting the third string assistant call him. I don't think there's going to be any kind of real game plan in there. I don't think he's going to show anything at all um, that, that he was going to use in the regular season. And I just, I can't get my head around actually seeing the Rams give a real life effort out there. Um Broncos haven't been amazing. They've got some injuries, as you said, but I, I don't know. I look at Vic Fangio and, and from his time with the Bears, they just, he just he strikes me as one of those coaches who really wants to win every game, uh, preseason or not. And I just think there's going to be a little bit more of an effort there on the Broncos side. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you as well. I mean, uh, this, this is probably normally a game I would stay away from, but when you have one team you know, completely not playing their players, it makes it a little bit easier, of course. Um, the Broncos haven't, as you mentioned, been much better. They're one and two, and it'll be interesting to see how they approach this uh, backup situation if Drew Locke is indeed out. Kevin Hogan uh, is the third string there, and, and Brett Rippin from Boise State uh, will probably get some action as well. We'll see how long Flacco is in. Um, by the way, did you see Sean McVay? They had him kind of, uh, it was like in one of those cams where they have, he was calling plays and an interview on the sideline in that game. Did you see that? It was pretty cool. Uh, no, did they did they have him mic'd up for for actually doing the play calling? You know how sometimes in like the college all, or the, the baseball all star games they'll do like an interview on the field like mid action. It was like kind of like yeah. that, and they had him mic'd up. It was it was really cool. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Rams. Or sorry, the Broncos as well. Um, and this this over under I think is pretty well set at 37. I think you're gonna see both offenses or the shell of whatever the first string offense is for the Rams 
um, out in the field for a little bit longer. Makes it really tough in the in the mid to high 30s. So I'm going to stay away from that one. But I'm going to go ahead and take Broncos money line. I'm getting even odds here. I think you said you had minus 105. Uh, that's the pick I'm taking from this game. Yeah, I like it. So I've, yeah, I'm seeing Broncos plus 103. I would I would do the same. I, if I put money down on this, I would I would take the Broncos money line. I'd like to see a little bit better than 103, but it, it is what it is. Again, look to beat that price if you can. Uh, get the money down on the team who might actually play players. For sure. I mean, that about sums it up for the Rams. For really the rest of the preseason, we've made the same argument three weeks in a row so far. It's 2-0 so far. The Ravens, of course, are 2-0. Uh, and if you just blindly take unders across the board, I think you're probably cashing in so far this preseason as well. Let's shift gears over to the Chargers, who, of course, Melvin Gordon, the newest story today at Enid Rappaport report, is that he's preparing to go into the regular season, that he's not pleased with the current negotiation status with the Chargers. As I mentioned, I took Justin Jackson in the ninth round in a standard fantasy football league, so I think he's going to be a player. And Austin Eckler went actually 6-1 or 6-2 in my draft this weekend in a standard league, so you know, people think very, very highly of this Chargers backfield, even despite Melvin Gordon's absence. Um, do you have a fantasy draft coming up here, Chris? Uh, I do. So I've got two of them coming next week. Uh, you know, we spoke about it before. I, I think Austin Eckler is great, but Justin Jackson's the guy I want to own for sure. I mean, I wouldn't, even if I had Eckler fall in my lap in the 10th round and I had my choice of Eckler or Jackson, I still think I'm taking Jackson. I just think he's going to be the guy you want to own. Uh, I said it before, I think Gordon, I think they gave him probably a better than fair offer. I think Melvin's very good, but he's not, you know, if he's trying to get paid like he's a top three running back, he's just not quite that good. Guy plays damn hard and I love him. But uh, I just get the feeling that this is one of those ploys to to conveniently sit out a few games, you know, save those legs, get that year of service under your belt. Uh, you know, we were we were talking off air about is it is it six games you need to report by game six or game eight so that you get that full year of service and then you can get those remaining paychecks. That kind of I'm kind of getting that feeling from him that he's trying to run out the clock and and get to free agency and try and get the, you know a big contract and have fresh legs and all that sort of thing because from what I've heard and what I've read they offered him a pretty fair deal. And it just seems like uh, I don't think he's greedy and I don't think he's stupid. So I'm going to go with smart and say that he's just trying to save his legs a bit. We'll see what that situation is. It's obviously looking uh, worse and worse by the day. Of course, the Zeke situation's not much better with Jerry Jones saying Zeke who this week, even if he's quote unquote earned the right to joke with Zeke. Uh, let's go back to the Chargers. Seahawks are a three point favorite. They're also going to be in LA. This is going to be. Uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. The over/under is set at 40 and a half. Chargers are 0-2 as well. Neither of these LA teams do much in the preseason for being, uh, you know, really great teams. Uh, they put the Cardinals and the Saints. Chargers, of course, were up 17 to three at halftime last weekend against the Saints. Before they scored 16 unanswered points in the second half to win. The Seahawks are 1-1. They've beaten the aforementioned Broncos and they lost last weekend to the Vikings. Any thoughts here on this one? Seahawks are a three-point favorite, and your thoughts also on the over-under set at 40 and a half. Yeah, I'm seeing that uh, Seahawks minus three as well, plus 105. Chargers plus three, minus 120. Money line, I'm seeing Seahawks minus 145. Chargers plus 126. Uh, I got the over-under at 41. Uh, not much of a difference there. Plus 100 on the over, minus 117 on the under. I would probably take the Chargers here money line. It's just the only thing that strikes me as a good as a good price. And even then, I'd like to see it at plus one thirty. Um, no other reason that I'd like to see the Chargers show up a little bit. They're playing at home. The Seahawks are traveling down. Um, Seahawks. They're both kind of veteran teams, so it doesn't strike me as something where any guy's any guy's trying to be showing off too much. 
um, they're going to kind of think come out and kind of get their reps in. And in that case, all things being equal, I don't, I don't want to pay the price for the Seahawks. I'd rather take a, take the, uh, the money line on the charger. The Seahawks minus three is a little interesting. I mean, clearly what this means is, is home field advantage does not mean anything in betting in uh, the preseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I'm just not like I like the Chargers very much in the preseason either. They equally play uh, as few stars as possible as the Rams. But there is some value there. I think I'm going to go ahead and go take the points probably with Chargers plus three. Uh, but the bet I'm actually excited to take in this game would be under 40 and a half. The Chargers have combined for 30 total points in the two games. The Seahawks actually have a little bit higher. They're 41 through two games. Again, those two games don't mean as much because the offense is going to see the field. Uh, the first-team offense for both these teams or at least a little bit in this game and certainly uh, could go into the second quarter. But ultimately, I don't think 40-and-a-half is an accurate line. Like I said, for the Rams game and the Broncos, um, 37, I feel, is a more accurate line for some of these preseason games. That should be the starting base, 36 to 37. So with 40-and-a-half, I'm taking the under. I think there's a couple points of value there. What do you think about that? Yeah, under if you know if you get forty and a half, I've got forty one. You know, minus one seventeen. If that drops to you get like a minus one fifteen on that. That's not that's not a bad price for something that seems pretty pretty likely the way these teams have played. Uh, why not? You know, get crazy. Last serious game, if you call any preseason game serious, this would be the only one that might be half serious. Get yourself a little a little charger money line under a parlay going um maybe <laughs> toss something fun. in there on the first half and get get nuts and uh put on all your charger gear and, and and go nuts and get crazy and have some fun all right if you had to do a teaser for this upcoming weekend since you're on the teaser train since we are in the business of picking these la teams give me an all la teaser right here right now okay so the thing with te- this is i'm not going to give you the answer that you want to hear the thing with teasers, so if you're getting on a teaser, and let's just say it's a two-team teaser here, so you're going to do Rams and Chargers, right? What you want to do, and Mike will speak to this when we get them on in the next week or two, you want to push those lines past three and seven and multiples thereof as best you can. So if you can get a teaser with the Rams, you know, plus three half or Chargers plus six or Chargers plus seven half or eight, Every time you can push that number past a three or a seven multiple, it so greatly increases your odds of winning. And that's where the value lies. When you can do that and the book is giving you decent odds to do it because they're treating it like you're betting a parlay, it's just such an advantage because that half point, you know, for for amateur bettors out there, three and three and a half are not the same line. They're not close. They're not a half point apart. It's miles better to have that half point. It is so, so, so valuable to get past three and to get past seven. So if you're looking at it, if, if you can get a teaser, if you're in Vegas, if you've got a bookie at home, if you've got a site that can do teasers, look at it that way. Push those numbers past those three and seven multiples. Make sure you're getting pretty decent odds on it. Plus odds is is brilliant. But with uh, with the teaser and two teams, you're probably going to look at something like minus 120. If you can beat that, uh, that's golden. That's what you want. Get it past those multiples. And uh, stay tuned for our upcoming episode when Mike can explain why that actually makes any sense and isn't just babbling like an idiot like I do. All right. I think our work here is done. I mean, you basically said it all in that last thought there. Um, so to wrap it up, I think we both like the Broncos' money line here. The Rams are somehow a slight favorite at home, uh, and the over-under is a little dicey there. And we both kind of like the Chargers here. You like them a little bit stronger than I did. 
we take the under here, 40 and a half. Let's go ahead and let's take the Ravens as well. Any other preseason week three thoughts here before we wrap it up, Chris? Uh, I like the, as I'm just browsing here, I like me a Niners plus three and a half. There you go. That's a half point. It looks good. Yeah, I, I like that. I took them on Monday as well, and I did not panic when they were down a half. Yeah, uh, we had them in a teaser and nervous, nervous moments there when Jimmy Garoppolo looked like the worst player on the planet. But uh, he was terrible. That yeah, was first not, so bad. Not uh, great, Bob. Uh, not doing a great job, uh, but um, they came through. Uh, I like that half point again, and the odds that I'm seeing are minus 107, so that price isn't too bad. So let's jump on another California team while we're at it. All right, we're back in. The Niners, we're back in the Chargers. We're going against the Rams. We're taking the Broncos. Uh, we're taking the unders across the board. If you're blindly betting those, you're probably doing really well. So, For Stack Capital, for Chris Lewert, for all of those drafting and fantasy this weekend, good luck. Thanks for listening. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.